listening to CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hey everybody, welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We are here in Las Vegas taking in Summer League, and now is the time to finally break down some free agent signings. Keith Smith's with me, of course. Keith, thanks so much for joining me and uh, braving Las Vegas. Yeah, man, it's nice to be doing this face-to-face for a change instead of uh, over the uh, internet and through, through the magic of technology. This is a, uh, we, I would like to say we fully purposely waited for all the big, big moves to be made, but we were both traveling and all that stuff, so, so it worked out good for us. Yeah, <laughs> now, now we can really break everything down. Absolutely. Um, Today we're going to talk a little bit about the Eastern Conference. We're going to take a look at their signings. Obviously, some major things happening in places like Brooklyn and Boston, and of course, some major things not happening in New York. Sorry, Knicks fans, but uh, but we'll talk about all those things. First, a quick shout out to our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. All you have to do is head over to clnsmedia.com/nbafo in order to check out some high-level online gambling. Great site. Make sure you guys go check it out. And if you enter the promo code CLNS50, you actually get a 50% sign-up bonus. So really cool. Go check it out again, clnsmedia.com slash NBAFO. All right, so let's go ahead and dive right into things here. We are starting things off with the Atlanta Hawks, who... I guess didn't really do a whole heck of a lot in terms of free agency, which was to be expected. Yeah, free agent moves very limited for them, very active in trades, really since the draft. They, mm-hmm. they made a whole bunch of moves there at the draft and then obviously made another deal where they picked up uh, Chandler Parsons uh, this week from, from the Grizzlies as they dumped Solomon Hill, who came to them from the Pelicans and uh, over. So so we're, we're not going to go through the mechanics of every single deal because otherwise this would be an eight-hour long yes. show. <laughs> and we would like to get to the gym and see games at some point today. That would be ideal. Uh, yeah, right? That's technically what we're both here for, but, <laughs> you know, we'll see. Um, yeah, so so the Hawks, new guys that they've added, then really will reset since the start of the offseason for them. Alan Crabb, Chandler Parsons, and Evan Turner as far as veterans. And then for um, uh, young guys, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish via the draft. And then uh, Bruno Fernando, who they'll bring in as well. And then Charlie Brown. No, not the kid who has a football pulled away <laughs> from him. Uh, but he, he's another guy they added on a two-way contract. So so those are the you know Hawks kind of continuing their slow build here, you know building around the kids, adding the, the young guys. Hunter uh, just signed today. We're recording this on Sunday, so hopefully we'll get to see him in some summer league action here pretty soon. So he he is now all all inked and ready to go. Cam Reddish isn't going to play in summer league, recovering from from an injury, but you know I I like the Hawks kind of slow and steady pace here. Yeah, they, they've done a really nice job of building this, and I think they're a team to watch in the future. Totally makes sense that they are not a team that was going out there pursuing a lot of free agents. Instead, they use their cap space in a different way. They used it in order to absorb salaries and then gain assets, which is exactly what they should be doing at this point in their development. So 
bright, bright future for the Atlanta Hawks, a team that's really starting to turn things around. They've got some exciting players, and and I am interested to see uh, to see Hunter in action in summer league. Hopefully, he can uh, show some of the defensive chops that everybody was raving about around the draft. Yeah, definitely, and I think you know, good all around player. I think too has some uh, you know ability to score and pass as well. So I think the Hawks have have big plans for him. I, I and I like the way all their pieces fit mm-hmm. together as well. They've they've kind of got guys that young guys at every spot except for the five position but maybe fernando becomes that guy we'll see you know second round pick how he develops he's he's somebody a lot of people were high on thought potentially could even been a lottery pick uh one other thing with atlanta too they're one of the few teams with cap space left 14 million left for them so they've got a little bit of wiggle room here to still do some other things i'm gonna guess they well there's no blockbuster signing coming (laughs) because there's no blockbusters left so my guess is a little bit of that goes to fernando because they'll give him probably a three or four year contract it's the only way you can do that with with a rookie because otherwise minimum you're limited to a two-year deal but then i think they'll probably use that money my guess is to eat another contract or two from somebody as teams are looking to to uh, avoid the tax or if uh, this you know rumored picking up steam Russell Westbrook potentially gets moved if they, they could they're in a good position to be the right. third team in on that because of they have have that flexibility so pro- probably nothing major coming from the Hawks the rest of the way but you know fun exciting team I've seen a couple people picking them for the playoffs which I think is maybe going a little far yeah. but but I, but I do few as you said future is bright now let's say they don't spend that that cap space. Where are they close enough to the to the minimum, or would they be what? How would yeah, that they're work? under the salary floor right, right now by about nine million. So so they'll get there, yeah. in what, one way or another. Um, they're they're the only team that's actually under the salary floor. Everybody else has made it. So so I th- think they'll, uh, they'll they'll get there one way or another. Whether they you know throw that money at somebody or they they sign you know go go out and sign somebody. If they if they're not involved in a trade where they eat a deal too, I could even see them. Um, making a signing for a player like maybe like Jamichael Green, who's still out there, right? Surprise. Give him, yeah, give, give him a one or two year contract at a number that's very tradable. So then they could could move him by the trade deadline. You know, something that could happen as well. And even if they they decide against using that money, that money is already spent. Really, they're going to use it on something. They have to get to the salary floor. If yep. not, that money is just going to be divvied up amongst the players yep. on their team. So that's something of note. They're going to be making some sort of move just because it makes sense, because they already basically yep. have spent that money because that's the way the league works. Um, moving on, your team, Boston Celtics. Yeah. Uh, landed Kemba Walker, no tampering there, everybody. <laughs> landed, landed Kemba Walker. That thing came together fast it, on it, the 6th. Amazing, amazing how quickly <laughs> Lightning they came through. Speed. When they, they clearly weren't talking, right? I mean, no. the, the Celtics and, and Walker. but um, And that's been, that was sort of the trend this year in free agency was a lot of teams were coming to agreements before yeah. we even could, before they were supposed to be talking about it, which maybe that'll lead to some sort of a change. Maybe we'll see the, the rules shift a little bit as, as it's very clear that teams are communicating with players. Yeah, I think the 6 p.m. start time on the 30th worked out great. I think it really allowed the NBA to own that. I've heard some buzz that they liked. They really liked having it on a Sunday, too, because it was a nice kind of way to close out the weekend and those kind of things. So so I think we're definitely going to see that that stick as far as at least the 6 p.m., whether it you know sticks on right. a sunday or not we'll see but but yeah there's a lot of talk about the moratorium being shortened down and right. you know all these other things so we'll see where that all goes you know in the end um so looking at what the what the celtics did so they they bring in ennis Cantor, who i thought was a just a, a totally fine signing 
right? Yeah. A solid piece for them to bring in. Not going to replace Al Horford. No. But but still, he can do some things in there. He showed yep. quite a bit with the Portland Trail Blazers. But the big addition really is, is Kemba Walker, who mm-hmm. is one of only a handful of guys that were on the market this year where you just say, here's the max. Gladly hand over the max because he's that caliber of player. Yeah, absolutely. Kemba is you know all-NBA guy last mm-hmm. year. Um, he is... I've been saying this on a lot of different places. In a vacuum, Kyrie Irving is a better player than right. Kemba Walker, but I think Kemba is going to be a much better fit for this Celtics team, for where they're at and where they want to go. He's a better player off the ball than, than Kyrie is. Kyrie is a guy who needs the ball more in his hands, and Kemba has become a pretty good off-ball player over the last couple of years. With the Hornets, they, they played him a lot alongside Tony Parker this past season, so I'd expect to see him function in that way. And then it was Fran Fischilla who said, which is you know so smart and right on the money, is having a guy who's going to come in the facility every day with a smile on his face and ready to work is going to be real important. You touched on Cantor, I think, you know, very different player from Horford. You know, he's an inside-based player, right. not the defender that Horford is, not the defender you or I probably are either. You know, he's uh, you know, he's he's just gonna do 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 his um, you know, work there. But Brad Stevens has schemed around limited uh, defensive big men before. Now I think they'll do that again. And I think one thing Cantor does bring them is he's an elite rebounder, uh, and Boston has not had that in a very long time. They've been a poor rebounding team for you know some time, right. and, you know. So he'll he'll help there as well as Vincent Poirier. He's a guy that they signed out of France. Um, you know, another big man. I think this guy's going to open some eyes. Big, athletic guy can really move. He's like a defender, rebounder type. So he'll fit um, that way. So it's almost offense, defense with him and Cantor. They re-signed Daniel Tice. And then, you know, we already talked about the rookies when right. we, we, we went through some of the stuff with the draft. But, it's uh, yeah, it, it's a transition year for Boston. And I uh, also re-signed Brad Wanamaker, so he'll be another guy who's who's coming back as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where, where it all, you know, ends for them. But they are, uh, you know, they're, they are, um, they're, they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive in the East. I just don't know that they're true finals contenders. Well, with Kawhi leaving, the East is really, really wide open now. It so you, you never know. Can't count them out. And I guess, really, when we're talking about Cantor, perhaps we're throwing out a little bit of disrespect here because the guy who's going to be the Celtics' starting center is not going to be Cantor. It's going to be Taco Fall, right? Tell me it's Taco Time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, man. Summer League, people love this people guy. People are going crazy yeah. over Taco. He might be the most popular player here He, he really is. Like, the, yeah. the cheers from well, the Zion was. Saying. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> so, I, yeah. non-Zion. Yeah, non-Zion edition. The, the yeah. most popular non-Zion but, players. Taco but, Fall. man, it was nuts. He, uh, you know, Taco showed some stuff yesterday. He, you know, he moves a lot better than you would think yeah. for a guy his size. I, th- I, I just think he's got – so far to go he, he does you know it's um but yeah there, there's a lot of celtics fans who want him to him to get their last uh roster spot over gershon yabaselli because boston's pretty much done here they've got they've currently got 12 guys under contract then they've got their two first round rookies and they're going to sign carson edwards their second round rookie so that's that's it that that's the entire um 15-man roster there. Tremont Waters, the other draft pick, probably going to get one of the team's two-way spots. So there are a lot of people who are clamoring that Danny Ainge should send uh, Gershon Yabusele out, which is weird because that dude's a fan favorite. Yeah, like, people, people really like him. Yeah, people love But I think people are just like, all right, it's cute, but like he stinks. He's taking up a roster spot. Keep Taco. But that's that's summer league for you, man. You, yes. The guy does one or two things, and everybody falls in love with him. People never, never go overboard in <laughs> summer league, never. right? Remember last year, uh, Svi Mikhailuk was a, a, a soon-to-be <laughs> MVP, yeah. uh, who I still love, see. Kind of soft spot for him. Um, okay, so let's move on to the, the Charlotte Hornets. Up next, Charlotte Hornets received 
former Celtics point guard Terry Rozier. Uh, so Terry winds up there. He got what almost sixty million here. Looks like yeah, fifty eight. Fifty eight million bucks yeah. over over three years. What do you think about that contract for them? Uh, that's probably the most questionable contract handed out. That's what I was thinking. So far. It's I, a lot. I think um, you know, Terry Rozier can do some things well. I still think he is he's not really a point guard. I think he's more of a combo guard, which is, is fine if you have the right players around him. Yeah. I don't know that Charlotte does. I think they're going to have to really use Nick Batum a lot as a playmaker, mm-hmm. which they've kind of gone away from over the last couple of years some. Uh, but, you know, it is the Hornets were refused to commit the big deal to Kemba, which is fine. They were never going to go to the full Supermax, and Kemba knew that too. But they wouldn't even go to his full max. No. And I think and – and I don't – I don't hate that because that's tough, right? If you're basically saying, look, we already know we're not very good. Right. We're going to lock in. We might not get there. But then to throw you know, almost $60 million at Terry Rozier, that's not – that that that's right up there for the worst contracts. Yeah, I mean, we so we talked about this when we did our our previews of free agency. We were looking at things, and we said they're they're in a tough spot, and that they they may be in a situation where they're better off just biting the bullet and walking away from from Kemba Walker. Just it might be better for both Kemba and the Hornets. Yep. And then they go and take money that they could have given to Kemba, and they give it to Terry Rozier, who is not as good of a player. It just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Look, I know they need a point guard. There's not a lot of point guards on the market this year. All that, but what's I mean, what's the end goal here for this team? Are they hoping to make the eight seed? You're much better off just bottoming out, which I think they're going to do anyway. I think they're going to be a really really poor team this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think they're. I think what you said is their goal. I think they're going to push to try and be in the playoff yeah. picture. But but I'm also with you. I think if everything goes right, you're the seventh or eighth seed, and that's if everything goes right. right. If couple things go wrong you're you know down in the bottom of the lottery so you know which maybe isn't the worst thing but you'd rather be down in the bottom of the lottery with the cap sheet clearing up a little bit so yeah that, that's just a tough one then their first round pick pj washington not going to play in summer league because right. he's got a foot issue so that's going to be a little bit tough so so we'll see you know what uh you know what what else becomes of the hornets but that's all they've done so far so i'm ready to move on if you are yeah absolutely let's let's move on from the hornets and let's uh Head to a team that's got a little bit of a, a brighter future here. That's the the Chicago Bulls. You know what? We skipped the Nets. Oh, we did. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. They might have done a couple How things. Did, they did a few things. We yeah. did skip the Nets. I was so anxious to uh, to trash the, the, the Rozier contract. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, we but can break I'm, that I down made, longer if you I want. I made that link from Boston to Charlotte, <laughs> well, and I completely well, skipped the, the Nets. Totally makes okay, sense. now I know my ABCs. The other team Boston is linked to. <laughs> yeah, the other team. The so the Brooklyn Nets, uh, obviously getting Kyrie. And Kevin Durant, I mean, they are certainly not, I mean, the Clippers may be the big winner of free agency, mm-hmm. but the Brooklyn Nets are the other one, right? They're 1A and 1B in terms of, of winners of this year's free agency to get KD, even an injured KD, yep. and Kyrie to come commit to a team that looked hopeless just a few seasons ago. Yeah, it really is unbelievable. You know, Sean Marks and crew have done a fantastic job of, of rebuilding that team without a whole lot to rebuild from. They, they were, you know, they didn't have any picks. They, they didn't move off of the Pierce, Garnett, those those contracts early enough to, you know, make, um, you know, recoup any kind of value there. So, you know, really tough, but they basically hit on almost all their draft picks. They, yep. they drafted well. Uh, you know, they, they got a little lucky with a couple of those offer sheets getting matched that they threw out a couple years ago because otherwise their 
they they wouldn't have the cap space yeah. to pull these things off. But you know that's okay. And they really I think kind of made those offer sheets knowing that they would get matched. Um, it was more to take others out of the mix. They had to be relieved when those things got matched. Yeah, absolutely. But but yeah, you know Kyrie and Kevin Durant. All reports are Kyrie's going to take just slightly less yeah. than the max. Um, Kevin Durant is going to come over via sign and trade, so he's going to get to his uh, full max deal. He's going to come over as D'Angelo Russell goes the other way to the Warriors, which I know I'll spend a lot of time on on that side. And then they also added a couple veterans in DeAndre Jordan and Garrett Temple. Right. Wilson Chandler, another veteran guy who's going to come there to help fill out the bench. And then Torian Prince, who they picked up uh, right before the draft in the Allen Crab trade. So this is, you know, this is a uh, you know team that's got got a lot of options. They still have Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jared Allen, and Karis LeVert coming back from last year's team. Right. So you know, it, it, it's there were some people who were like, well, can the Nets win it all this year? I don't think so. I think without Kevin Durant this year, that's going to be a little too hard. But playoffs certainly. Playoff, yeah, yeah, absolutely should be. Yeah, they should be a no doubt playoff team. I think they've got the depth and versatility on the roster for that. And then really. It's funny because I'm like, man, there's all these things about the Nets are going to be what the Celtics should have been, and you know, so <laughs> the Celtics what the Nets should have been, and, and all these things. And I was like, well, also let's remember, a year ago we're like a really good Celtics team is adding two star players in Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Right. And that didn't exactly go the way you want. So never hopefully know. it goes better for the Nets with adding Kevin Durant. We'll see. But yeah, I, I like it. But this is. This is kind of the Nets now going forward because they're they're uh, you know for for those four year deals for Durant and Kyrie that you know seventy eighty million dollars combined you're you're pretty pushed all the way in. I, I love their point guard position right now between Kyrie and then behind him you've got Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. I mean that's that is a hell of a combo at point guard. I'll tell you what I don't like though uh, the DeAndre Jordan contract. Yeah. Not not a fan of that. He's getting almost forty million dollars. Over four years, and I think he's already started his decline. Yep. And, and I'm surprised. You know, I get their friends, Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie, giving up a little bit of money in order to get DeAndre Jordan more. It's also, I, I don't get the fit so much when you already have your young center in the future and Jared Allen there. Yeah, I, I hope they don't put him in front of Allen. Yeah. I hope they let Allen kind of be the one who, you know, starts. Jordan's is, you know, 10, 15 minute a game per night backup. Right. And let him come in. Because if you can get Jordan for 10, 15 minutes a night, and he knows I just got to go out there and play hard for that long, right. you might see him kind of a little bit of a rebirth here in his in his career. But I'm, I'm with you that one. The, I don't mind the signing as much as the four years and right. average of about 10 million a year. That's that's just really tough. And, you know, and, and as you said, with with uh, DeAndre or with Jared Allen, you've already got the position filled with a guy who's a better player and, right. and, and younger you know, and a guy you need to exactly. give minutes to. So, and, you know, yeah. but hey, it, it pays to be friends with with, <laughs> with KD. And, and we should all have such friends. When when that first came out, it was it was mentioned as either it was either a room exception deal or it was a a, a minimum, as I recall. And then it came out that oh yeah, wait, Kevin Durant <laughs> yeah. and Kyrie gave up less. He's actually getting way more than anybody thought. Yeah. So that's the one the one deal that I don't like. But otherwise, you know, things are looking up for uh, for Brooklyn and good on them for being at the spot that they are in right yep. now. Yeah, and I think and I think there'll be a team will end up. Uh, you're watching a lot. And one other thing, too, I thought of, I, I think you can get a lot of mileage out of playing uh, Dinwiddie and Kyrie together. Yeah. Um, I, I think you can get a lot out of that, and I think that'll be really good as well. Okay, so moving on to the Chicago Bulls, heading out there to a team that, that I kind of like. They've got some some good upside there. I'm interested to see what they're going to do. Uh, I still like the, the Kobe White pick that they made 
in the draft, and I think they've uh, they've done some good things there. Yeah, absolutely. I think they added a couple really solid veterans who are going to help that fit quite well. And let's start with Thad Young. I think he is kind of an ideal fit alongside Markinen and mm-hmm. Carter up front. Defensive-minded guy um, can also play beside either one of those guys, which is that's probably going to be your three big rotation. And I think that that's a pretty good good group there. Tomas Sadoransky added him to be the. Um, I, we'll, we'll see. I think he's probably going to initially be the starting point guard, would be my guess, while White's figuring out the NBA and, right. and understanding. The open question, I don't know if you heard it, but a lot of people asking around the gym, what happens to Chris Dunn? Because, yeah. you know, now you get Sadoransky. Chris, Chris may be done. Yeah, he may be done <laughs> in Chicago, that's for sure. Um, you know, he's a guy, too, teams could maybe take a sec- second draft. Sure. Um, look on him, you know, so so we'll see what happens. But uh, just an interesting aside, Dunn and White share an agent, so that's oh. a little a little bit of an awkward situation right. there. But, um, you know, Sedaransky, I, I think, comes in and will be there, and then as White's ready to take over, White takes over as a starter. Sedaransky moves back to the high end backup that he's been right. for several years behind John Wall. Um, Daniel Gafford, I really like him, second-round pick. He's looked good uh, here in Las Vegas in summer league. He can do do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big kid. He was a guy who was mentioned as a lottery pick potentially at one point in time and just not, never quite got there. And then uh, their their other move was, uh, I believe I'm saying this the right way, but Adam Mokoka, he's going to be their, their two-way, one of their two-way players. So uh, another guy they added, he's uh, about a six-foot-five wing from out of France. So, yeah, all, all around I like what the Bulls did and, you know, still have all the kids that, that you know Carter Markinen, um there and then you've got Zach Levine and Otto Porter Jr. This is a team that I can see making a playoff run in the East. I yep. think think you know I th- think they're closer than they have been you know in any of the more recent years. I think there there isn't anything that they did that was just a clear home run or anything like that. But the big thing is that they they just they didn't do anything stupid. They didn't mess up anywhere. They didn't throw a ton of money at a player that they're not ready to go for. They're not ready to win right now. And I think they understand where they're at. And that's important in the league right now. So, yeah. So, without a Jabari Parker deal, they were able to spread the money around a little bit to Young and Sadoransky and do those things. They've got a little bit of money left over still. So, I think the, the Bulls are sitting in pretty good shape. And one other thing to note, it sounds like those deals, they, they haven't all filed yet, so we don't know for sure. But Young and Sadoransky have partial guarantees on that final season, which is going to really help Chicago. So, think of them probably more like two two-year contracts than even three-year deals, which will be, be good for them. They are hard-capped because they took in Sadoransky's right. educational moment for the show. You become hard-capped if you acquire a player via sign-and-trade. If you use a portion of the non-taxpayer mid-level exception that is equal to the taxpayer mid-level or more, or if you use the biannual exception. Those are the three ways a team becomes hard-capped. Hard-capped, can't spend any, any even a dollar over that. It's about $6 million above the luxury tax there, so pretty hard if you if you're a cap space team to then also run against the hard cap that's that's pretty rare uh if that ever happens but yeah so chicago in pr- pretty good shape you know just as, a, as an aside before we dive into the cavaliers that's one of the things that i i meant to discuss here at the beginning of the show and uh and i didn't but the sign and trade we've got a number of teams this year that are now hard cap because of sign and trades what is it in your opinion that's that's created this resurgence in sign and trade we haven't seen it in years really that it's been a major thing yeah, signing trades went away for a couple of reasons. The first reason being that the um, 
teams have cap space. So if you can just go sign a guy, you're just going to go sign a guy. Right. The current CBA, the rules are changed as well, that you can only make as much via sign and trade as you could by signing with the team outright. So you're not able to get the five-year max 8% raise, right. all that stuff. It's the same as you would get four years, 5% raise. So they 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 had kind of gone out of use because teams had space. There's no reason to do them. This year, teams had space, but teams were also trying to accomplish a lot of other objectives and move guys around. A lot of the sign and trade guys we saw were restricted free agents, which was you know a way of saying like, hey, instead of playing the whole offer sheet game and tie up both of us for two days, you want the guy. We don't. We're not going to match it. Let's find a way to make make something that right. works. You know, mutually beneficial. So they yeah, they definitely came back into play in a big big way this summer. I think it completely changed the free agent market too, because a lot of the guys that a lot of teams that I thought were going to have to burn cap space on guys like D'Angelo Russell and Jimmy Butler and things like that, it created more cap space overall available on the market. Yeah, because teams did. didn't have to burn money on them. Yeah, exactly. Instead, they, yep. they got them in a signing trade. Yep. Um, okay, Cleveland Cavaliers didn't do a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> they haven't done anything in free agency. They haven't done anything. They got, they did draft Darius Garland, who was uh, one of my favorite players in the draft, but they drafted him to a team that already has a player at his position that they drafted the year before in Colin Sexton. I I don't know. I don't I don't hate that the Cavs didn't do a whole lot because there's there's not a whole lot of wiggle room here, but. Um, I just don't see what their cohesive plan forward is right now. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to see what the direction is here with this team. I know they think Sexton and Garland can play together and be there, Lillard and McCollum, which maybe, you know, that's eventually what they could be. I don't know. That's putting right. a lot of pressure on two young guys. I did like their other two draft picks, Dylan Windler and Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. I think Porter fell a lot further than people thought he might. This guy was being talked to late lottery. They got him at 30. And then Windler's a guy who's just should be a long-term NBA rotation player simply because of his shooting. So, so we'll see. They also added Dean Wade out of Kansas State as a two-way player um, as well. He's a big man there. So, you know, yeah, free agency, they're pretty much sitting it out because there's not – they don't have any cap space. They're, they're right. a luxury tax team because they ate those bad deals. No one so far is moving on any kind of trades for Kevin Love or anything. So I think you will see the, the thing that's still kind of floating out there is J.R. Smith. You know, yeah. and they pushed his guarantee date back, so he'll either be traded for cap tax relief for somebody else, or uh, the Cavs will just wave him and eat the. They bumped him up to almost four point four million uh, when they agreed to to move his date back. So we'll see, you know, what ultimately happens with Cleveland, but it's probably going to be pretty quiet rest of the summer for them. Right, and then so they'll be in the lottery again next year, and they'll hope to build from there. Yep. Uh, Detroit Pistons. So the Pistons are, you know, they added they added Markeith Morris. They added one of the Morai. Twins. They added Markeith. Uh, they got Tim Frazier. Uh, they, they've done made a few moves here and there, but uh, I think the, the big thing about the Pistons is that their name actually popped up in the Russell Westbrook rumors within the last, what, 24 hours here. Yeah, Westbrook, that's the hot rumor going around here in Las Vegas after Paul George was traded to the Clippers. It sounds like Westbrook is maybe not so happy with the direction of where the team's going and might want to be moved. Um, all reports are that he's going to work with Sam Presti on what the next steps are. Now, I, I think that could be maybe going a little too far. Maybe that's not necessarily next steps outside of Oklahoma City. That could mm-hmm. mean that he is, uh, you know, staying there. But but we'll see, you know, in the end what his uh, overall plan is. But it's going to be going to be curious how they get there. That's that's a little bit tough. But they did add some depth at the point guard spot already with Derrick Rose, right. as well. Who who they added in free agency, uh, wing depth with Tony Snell, who they picked up in that draft trade. 
as well. Lewis King, two-way player, another wing guy, wing forward uh, for them as well. So so we'll see you know, where it goes um, for the Pistons, I think. I, maybe they get involved on on uh, Westbrook. It, it's I just struggle to see the salary matching there, and you know, in terms of not just that, but then in terms of sending actual good players. Yeah, are there any to assets the to really send? To, I mean, I guess what if if they really like Andre Drummond, you could look at something like that. You could look at. I mean, I guess Reggie Jackson. Are you really going to send Reggie Jackson back, <laughs> back to OKC? OKC right? I know. In, in the Drummond one, then does that mean they get a line up something else for Steven Adams? Right, cause, yeah. Because you can't play those two guys together. So I, I would say that's probably one of those where maybe they make a call and that right. conversation is very short. Yeah. Um, but, you know, overall, I, their, their offseason's not bad. I, Morrison Rose, a couple good depth pieces for their yep. bench. I think they think that they'll, you know, help them quite a bit. Tony Snell, I think he'll probably start. For them along the wing, uh, you know, and then uh, Tim Frazier, that's a quality third point guard. You can't really get you know much better than him for your deep point guard spot. So all around, you know, pretty good. Uh, Seku Dumbuya, you know, we'll see what he looks like. Um, you know, and pr- probably not going to see much of him on the floor this year is my guess. But, yeah, overall Pistons, you know, kind of a quiet uh, offseason, but not a bad one by any means. Yeah, yeah, quiet but but good, but decent anyway. Um, and I like that at least if they're getting their name out there in the Russell Westbrook thing, they can go to say Blake Griffin and they can say, "Look, Blake, we we tried. Yeah, we tried to get it. Just it, it didn't work. We're trying to get more talent around you and, and all that. So that's something they can sell to him." Uh, let's look at the Indiana Pacers. We thought this would be a potential landing spot for D'Angelo Russell. Instead, they targeted a different guard. They went for Malcolm Brogdon, and I actually kind of like that that move. That should be a good fit there. Also picked up T.J. McConnell, Jeremy Lamb. They they made a lot of deals here, and I love the T.J. Warren deal for them. They actually made a lot of moves that I think kind of flew under the radar, but I, I'm I'm kind of a fan of what the Pacers have done. Yeah, it's kind of typical Pacers, right? Yeah. Like a couple years ago, it was Bogdanovich, Collison, all these guys who people weren't all that high on, and then they ended up just fine. And Brogdon perfect fit next to Victor Oladipo right. you know he's a guy who can play you know on or off the ball he'll Locked do a shooter exactly and I think he'll do a lot of things for them early while Oladipo's still out sounds like sometime after the first of the year is when we'll see him return then then Jeremy Lamb you know ideal third guy to throw in that rotation with those two guys because yep. because I think when you uh, you can play him with Oladipo. You can even play the three of them together because they're all big enough and athletic enough that you can switch, you know, one through three with those guys. T.J. Warren will probably – this – my prediction this is probably the simplest prediction I'll make. T.J. Warren's going to probably have the best year of his career. And then all of a sudden we'll all be like, wow, he's, you know, pretty good. But that's what happens when you go to a nice, stable environment. Instead, instead, is that a shot at the Phoenix Suns? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm not sold on the Sabonis-Turner pairing up front, uh, playing them as the two starters. I love them when they're, you know, backing each other. Uh, Sabonis is backing up Turner. But, you know, overall, I think, you know, this team, you know, did did some stuff. Brian Bowen, they added as a two-way player. This guy was a big-time recruit a couple years ago coming into college and then never made it, went over and played played, uh, overseas, I believe, in in Australia, if I remember correctly. And now he's come come into the NBA and they added him as one of their two-way guys. So, it's pretty good. And then Edmund Sumner, a guy who they had on a two-way contract for a couple years, they really like him. He rehabbed his knee, started to show some flashes at points, and they brought him back. So all around, Pacers pretty good, I think. You know, as long as they can weather the storm without Oladipo like they did last year, early, 
this is a team that's going to be pretty good again, probably in the mix for home court advantage once again in the East. Yeah, yeah, and no Darren Collison anymore. Corey Joseph also gone, but possibly some opportunity there for Aaron Holiday to get a few more minutes. Yeah, um, and I just I like the TJ McConnell pickup too. I think that he's he's one of my favorite backup point guards out there. I think he's a little bit underrated just when you see him out there playing. He's he's all hustle. He's 100 miles an hour, good passer, does a lot of really good things out there. So like what they put together and uh, and the flexibility. You mentioned Sabonis and, and Turner. If they come to the conclusion that, that that pairing doesn't work, I think both those contracts are movable. Yeah, definitely. Very easily movable for either one. Definitely Sabonis. He's, he's a guy I know several teams have kind of poked around mm-hmm. and see like, hey, what's the availability? And so far that's been shut down because they, they don't really have any intention of moving him. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, it's just another one of those off seasons for the Pacers where it's like, Man, did they did they do much? And then when you looked at it, it's like, wow, they really did. It just yeah. didn't didn't no none of it jumped out really. And, you know, came up and smacked you in the face. It's just all good quality moves. And then unlike the team we're going to next, the Heat, who sure. are uh, you know, man, man, talk about making making big big swings there. And they're another team that's mentioned for Russell Westbrook, but only really in the mix there because they went out and got Jimmy Butler via signing trade. Yeah, I mean, amazing the surprise landing spot for Jimmy Butler. I didn't have them on my radar at all as a landing spot for them, and suddenly for him, and suddenly their name pops up sign and trade they managed to get it done um gave up a little bit in in order to do it but still you now have a piece in in jimmy butler that you can you can really build around to perhaps sell to a guy like russell westbrook hey you want to come here you want to pair up with jimmy butler we're in this new era of nba duos now maybe that's going to be the new one yeah you've got that first star right and yeah. that's what you need to go get the the second star and if the guy wants to be there and then you know miami was interested in butler all the way back when the whole foolishness was happening at the beginning part of last season mm-hmm. and they made an offer and didn't quite get there and you know th- things never worked out but yeah it does sounds like he had he and miami had eyes for each other right off the bat in free agency because he never went and met with anybody else it was this is where i want to be this is where i want to go all reports were that he was moved a lot by Dwayne wade and how he's re- right. treated in retirement but then why not go to dallas they treated dirk really good too but you know but it's miami versus dallas so i get it um you know but they had to make a couple moves to make it happen they waived ryan anderson waved and stretched mm-hmm. his his contract so he'll be on the books for a little over five million for the next three years and then they had to trade Hassan Whiteside, who they sent to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, ultimately, it was Myers Leonard and Mo Harkless. Harkless was then spun off to the Clippers. Right. And the Heat are going to keep Leonard. Yeah, yeah, along with a pick, yeah. Um, but Myers Leonard will stay right in Miami, and I think he's going to be a decent fit for them. You know, as a backup big, I think, you know, Bam Adebayo is going to be their starter now. But Leonard he's and Kelly Olenek. Yeah, Kelly Olenek and Leonard give them a little different look. Guys yeah. who can play both the four and the five and stretch the floor a little bit. So, yeah, Miami's looking pretty good. I And they're a team because they can put together the salaries pretty easily. Right. Their team, I would, I would seriously look at, you know, if the Westbrook thing is real, I think that's a uh, a team that could get there much easier than anybody else. I, I think, though, that they give me a Richardson, Josh Richardson there. That was their probably their best piece yeah. to offer in a Westbrook deal, yeah. and they already used him to get Jimmy Butler. So who do you throw at, at OKC if you want him? I mean, there's, there's nobody that jumps off the page at me that I think, yes, that's a clear talent that OKC is going to be dying to get. Yeah, I think you'd probably, at that point, you're looking at like Goran Dragic, and maybe you throw them Justice Winslow. Right. And that's kind of the, Dragic is your get-by guy to help you stay competitive for a year, and then Winslow is your, kind of that's your your piece you're getting. They don't really have a ton of picks to trade you either, right. so 
Yeah, it's it's a little messy, but you know, it all kind of depends on what OKC's goals are here. If they do trade Westbrook, is it are we're going to bottom this thing up and we're going to rebuild, or is it we want to remain competitive? Because if we want to remain competitive, yeah, Dragic and somebody else you can't really go wrong. Very true. Very true. Um, okay, moving on to Team Giannis, the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, Milwaukee, they, they had some tough decisions to make this year, and ultimately they decided to, to part with uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, wasn't an, an easy thing, obviously, because he was a big part of their team, but they do retain uh, Brooke Lopez. What do you think about what Milwaukee did, and, and do they still – uh, do you believe are they still at the top of the Eastern Conference? Yeah, them and Philly right at the top now with Kawhi leaving Toronto. I think those are the two teams that they're one and one A. Okay. I know we're going to talk about Philly in a little bit, but yeah, kept Brooke Lopez. They waived, but then resigned George Hill. They added Robin Lopez, which is just kind of hilarious. I love and that. And uh, Wesley Matthews comes in as the you know pseudo uh, replacement for Brogdon. Uh, Matthews, I'm not I'm not big on that one. That one night. It's kind of a little more sketchy. I just I think he he looks more done than he does. Uh, um, like he'll be a positive contributor, but it was a minimum contract. It sounds like so. You know, Hill gives them will give them the Brogdon backup minutes behind Bledsoe. Can even play with Bledsoe at times because he's able to play off the ball. But you know, keeping Brook Lopez is huge, and Adam Robbins really good because I think that gives them. You know, they're good. They're going to get forty eight great center minutes. Now, you know, and some other teams might be searching a little bit there. And then obviously re-signed Chris Middleton to a max contract as well, you know, which will be be a big piece. And then they added uh, Giannis's brother, uh, Thanasis, today. So that that's, a, you know, why not get all the brothers in all the, all the, all the He didn't get the Morris too. twins, too. Yeah. They should have pulled that off. But, yeah, I, I think the Bucks are losing Brogdon Hurts for yeah. sure. But I think, you know, they're, they're in really good shape. I think they've got, you know, all the pieces you need to be a really good, strong, competitive team. And, of course, you've got Giannis, so you're going to be, you know, pr- pretty good going forward. I think uh, losing Brogdon puts a little bit more pressure on Eric Bledsoe to, to yeah. really, really step up. He's going to have a, a bigger role. Uh, I still do think that, that Brogdon overall hurts when you're replacing him. Look, Robin Lopez is fine. He'll be a decent center and, and do some things for you. And, and bringing Brooke Lopez back was important. But ultimately, I think losing uh, Brogdon will hurt them. But, again, given what they had, the options they had available, I understand what Milwaukee did and why they had to do it. And uh, and getting Chris Middleton to, to stick around, even for a max, I think that was a big win for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, you know, I think a lot of people have been like, ah, max for Middleton, though. that's just tough. But, you know, well, and, and actually, yeah, he's going to be, he's, he's going to come below. in a little bit below the max um, as far as they, they did it. But not, not too far, right. not, not enough to matter. No. Um, you know, but it is uh, – but you had to because that's the sign to Giannis of like we want to stay competitive. We want to, yep. yeah, we want to take that next step to be a finals team. So. And signing his brother probably doesn't hurt there. Either. No, I'm sure that doesn't <laughs> help either. Yeah, he's a very, very much a family guy because although he's got two years left on his contract, there's already the rumblings of you know the Knicks are trying to put, put the, do the Knicks. We'll get to them. Um, you know, but it's uh, you know, there's already the he's the kind of the next oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, you know that everybody's you know, well, what's going to happen with Giannis? What's going to happen with Giannis? So you know. The Bucks are doing everything they can to be well positioned to keep him and keep him happy in Milwaukee. So let's talk about those New York Knicks and uh, Stephen A. Smith. Man, somebody's got to have to, <laughs> somebody's got to talk him off the ledge because I look at what the Knicks did and I don't hate all of it, but overall, what a mess! They thought they were getting Kevin Durant, didn't get him. They were hoping to get KD and Kyrie. Instead, they go to the next door neighbors. They go to the Brooklyn Nets, and then I just. I feel like they overpaid for marginal players, for guys that are good and certainly are NBA players, but 
they should have been doing other things with that money. Should have been doing like what Atlanta is doing, where they absorb bad salary and then they got assets for that. Instead, they added pieces that I think aren't really going to move the needle just to say, hey, we, we signed somebody, with the exception of Julius Randle, who I like a lot, and, and Alfred Payton. I guess you could throw him in there too. But uh, some head scratchers like Bobby Portis. Yeah, it's it'll come out if it hasn't already that the Knicks feel like they can't go the Atlanta route that yeah. they, you know, can't bottom out and then need all these bad contracts because they're the Knicks and they've got to be good right. and all this. But I think that's almost a slap in the face to their fan base. Yeah. So I think their fans are smart enough to say, "Hey, we're going to be bad anyway. Might as well be bad and collect stuff." If Philly fans yeah. can trust the process, right? If Philly yeah. fans are some of the the most you know yeah. vocal fans yeah, out there, like if the they team, can yep. if they can trust the process, Knicks fans can't do. I don't buy that excuse. Yeah, and you know, there's now they're this weird mix of exciting young kids like like R.J. Barrett right. and um, Dennis Smith Jr., Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, yep. with then all these veterans who are on essentially what are one-year deals outside of Randall, who's really on like a two-year deal because they all came with team options. Right. So what I'm worried about is those guys then are going to be looking to put up numbers because they're going to want to get paid next year, have their options picked up. And then you have the kids who are trying to establish themselves. And like I was thinking about this, we were talking about it during the their summer league game the other day. Kevin Knox is presumably one of your building blocks, right? Where does he fit now? Because you added all these forwards. You have Barrett, at, who's probably going to be a two or a three. Mm-hmm. But then you added Ellington and Bullock, who are both two threes. So it starts to be like, well, Barrett and Knox, you want them to play probably as much as they can handle. But then you've got all these other guests. Now there's all these weird overlaps and positions and all these other things. So I just I, I think there's a potential that, again, if everything goes right, maybe this team – gels and they're really not too bad but if things go wrong here this could go really wrong and just be a mess for these guys yeah in some ways they they remind me of what the lakers did um a few years ago it reminds me of of those teams where they had young talent but then they went and they signed all these players on one-year deals and then chemistry i mean even last year even when they had lebron last year one-year deals wound up being an issue for them because you've got guys who are when things go south they start playing for their own numbers Mm -hmm. and it, it creates chemistry issues so concern there i Look, some people say Julius Randle's overpaid. I I still like like the deal. I don't have a problem with with that one. But overall, just again, not a very strong vision here for the future. It feels like they're just kind of saying, okay, whoever will take our money, take it, and then we'll figure everything out later. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some of that. I, and I love the Julius Randle uh, pickup. I think that one's fine. Yeah. You know, if that was where it had kind of stopped, or maybe Randle and like Ellington, or Randle and Bullock. Like, I think those are fine. Taj Gibson, I don't mind because he's really going to be the backup five right. to Robinson. But it's then when you added Portis and Peyton and, and both Bullock and Ellington, it starts to become a little like, or what are we doing? Because now, now it just looks like you're collecting all these pieces. And there is some truth to they all are tradable because you could trade them at the trade deadline right. and those kind of things. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I'm not I'm not sold that that's how this all goes down. But. No. Maybe at the end of the day, it's just another terrible season for the Knicks. They, they decline all those team options, and they're right back in the cap space derby again next summer. Uh, and let's we need to finish with this just to throw one final shot at the Knicks. The whole rumor that they weren't willing to offer the match to Kevin Durant. Oh, good Lord. I mean, yeah. come on. Come and on. that but, they canceled meetings with Kawhi. Oh, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they – because, yeah. And I said, yeah, that's – well, that's, that's fine. I didn't ask a lot of pretty girls out in college either because <laughs> I didn't want to be rejected to my face either. So, you know, why not? But, yeah, it's 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 a mess. So, yep. <laughs> it's, the, it's the NBA version of you can't quit, you're fired. Right, that's That's, it, that's, yeah. that's what we're talking about. That's it. All right, let's talk about uh, – let's go to Disney World. Let's look at the Orlando Magic. 
Magic. Um, you know, they got Nikola Vucevic to stick around. They've got him on a declining deal. I liked that. You know, didn't even have to go to the max to get him. And I thought, in terms of production last year, he was a max level player yep. based on on what he actually did on the floor. So no problems there. I think running it back was a was a good idea with him. And uh, and Terrence Ross on a reasonable deal, especially when you compare him to say what like Jeremy Lamb got. Perfectly fine with with what Terrence Ross winds up with. All in all, again, kind of, you know, not nothing that really jumps out at you is like, oh, wow, the Magic are really going for it here, but they didn't do anything stupid. Yeah, the Alfred Farouk Amino edition, that one's a little odd just because of the depth that they already had sure. at the forward spot, but, but it's fine. You know, another good quality guy there. It allows them to open up trade possibilities if they want to, yeah. to make something I happen. So I think so. guys like, like Aminu, those are guys that are going to be in high demand. Those guys that yeah. can play those wing roles. Yep. So that's where I'm okay with, with that one because I think that's going to be a very tradable deal at the trade deadline. Yeah, and I think and they, they'd also protect them too is if they ever wanted to trade Aaron Gordon as something yes. bigger. Now you've kind of got a replacement on the roster already. So, yeah, the Magic were – they were very clear going into free agency that – their intention was not to take a big step back, that they, they wanted to continue to be a good team. The Vucevic deal, I think, is going to turn out to be just fine. Yeah. I think he's going to deliver an all-star cal- – it might not be an all-star, but all-star caliber play mm-hmm. for at least a couple more seasons. And then as his deal starts to decline, hopefully Mobamba is stepping up and more ready. Right. You know, I kind of keep saying there's like ships passing in the night. Then, you know, as Vooch is kind of sliding off, Bomba's stepping up and they're ready to go. Ross, you know, tremendous value there. His contract will bump up in year two, but then comes back down over the final two seasons. You know, so I think, think Terrence Ross is going to be another guy who's, you know, really good value for $12, $13 million a year because he's a guy who can uh, do a lot of different things for you. And he can really um, score. He should have been more in the conversation for six man of the year because that's, you know, really kind of how good um, he has been. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, the Magic, are they're going to be in the mix. They also retain Michael Carter-Williams, bringing him back on a one-year minimum deal. He was a really nice find for them, another, mm-hmm. you know, point, point guard on the roster. And then, you know, and then the, a lot of the hopes uh, pin on that uh, maybe Marco Fultz gets back and is able to do some things here on the floor. But, you know, Orlando... Again, probably right in the mix towards the bottom half of the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Yeah, I mean, looking at things, I, ideally, in a, in a perfect world for the Orlando Magic, they would have upgraded their point guard position. But there weren't a lot of point guards on the market that they could really go after. You know, it's kind of D'Angelo Russell and then uh, not a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, unless you were willing to spend like, a whole bunch of money. On, on like a Rubio yeah. or, or somebody like that, right? Uh, and, and again, I... Brilliant the way they structured this this Vucevic contract. He's going to be 29 uh, this upcoming season. And then they've basically built in his decline in order yep. to make sure they get bang for their buck. Um, yep. Drops all the way down to just $22 million in 2022-2023. And we can assume the cap will have gone up by then. So, yeah, I, I like what they did there uh, quite a bit. Yep. Uh, okay, Philadelphia, heading on to the city of brotherly love. Philadelphia <laughs> 76ers. <laughs> uh, gosh, they... Uh, Interesting. I mean, they they max out Tobias Harris. They lose Jimmy Butler, but they manage to get something in Josh Richardson, who actually I like a lot. I think he's he's going to be a nice piece for them. Uh, but he, and then they they re up Ben Simmons. They also add Al Horford, who I think was I don't love the contract. I mean, I like Al Horford, but I don't love the contract. So that's. I don't yeah, know. the only saving on Horford is it's declining, right? You helps. know, as well, it is front loaded, so that that helps. But yeah, I 
I really like it for at least the first couple of seasons yeah. because I think he's going to give them a quality starter next to Joel Embiid that allows them to spot both Horford and Embiid. Quite frankly, neither one of those guys should probably play more than 60 to 65 games. Those guys should be fairly limited in what they play. So, you know, games-wise, keep them both both uh, healthy. And then, you know, they did a nice job filling out the bench better than they had previous couple of years. Raul Neto is going to be okay right. for them. Kyle Quinn, you know, Kyle Quinn's one of those guys we all kind of, man, I'd like Kyle. Kyle Quinn, and then you get into it, and it's like, yeah, Kyle Quinn, you know, huh. you know, we'll see. Right. Um, you know, with that, so it's uh, it is it is definitely going to be, um, you know, uh, you know, odd to see how that that one comes together. And then Josh Richardson, you know, picking him up in the Butler trade, that's going to be huge for them. So yeah. I like, I I like it. I think they're going to have one of the better regular season teams. I still worry a little bit about shot creation in the playoffs. Uh, and shooting overall in the playoffs, I they I really wanted to see them get like a Wayne Ellington type or Reggie yeah. Bullock. I think you know would have been huge for them because they lost JJ Redick, so that's going to be be a big loss for them. And then Matisse Thybul, I think, will be pretty good on the wing for them. They added Norval Pell as their two as one of their two way guys, so I think that's going to be be a good pickup and retain Mike Scott. So you know, all around Philly looking pretty good. I think they're probably one one A with Milwaukee at the top of the East. Yeah, agreed. I, I think they managed to pivot away from and that's I, I guess we should say it's impressive that the Philadelphia 76ers were able to lose a max level star in Jimmy Butler and still make moves that put them right at the top of the Eastern Conference. That's that's a job well done there. Um, again, I think the Al Horford contract isn't going to look great in a few years here but other than that though can't really really complain too much. I think they did a, a pretty nice job here. Uh, let's let's take a you know from championship celebration in Toronto we're going to take a, a drive up north here Check in on the Raptors, who just lost two of their starters in Danny Green and, of course, Kawhi Leonard. How do the Raptors pivot from here? I, I, they're kind of stuck. This, they are what they are at this point. Yeah, they're completely capped out. A lot of people, you know, how much cap space do they have now? None. Because you got Kyle Lowry at $35 million, Marcus All, 25.5, Serge Ibaka, 23, uh, Norm Powell, 10, Fred Van Vliet at 9. You're, you're really capped out. You're just going to, you know, do your best to, you know, work around that. Now, now, uh, Powell and Van or Powell is the only one that's got money past this season. Uh, Van Vliet's expiring, Lowry's expiring, Ibaka's expiring, Gasol's expiring. Um, you know, so it's built around those guys. I assume uh, OG Ananobi kind of slides in to take Kawhi's place in the starting five. Powell probably gets elevated to the starting five in place of Green. Still a good team, probably still a playoff team. It's yeah. too too much to say they're not, but not a title contender. Not not with this mix. It's too too much of a loss. You're you're really pinning that Pascal Siakam not only becomes an All Star but an All NBA guy if you're hoping to be to title contender. But as I said to you before we started the show, I think. This is a team to watch in season because I could see if it starts going not exactly the way they want, you could see Masai Ujiri saying, all right, I'm going to trade Kyle Lowry. I'm going to trade Serge Ibaka. I'm going to trade Marcus All. I'm going to start moving those guys out, get assets, build this thing back up. And they could really rebuild very, very quickly if they get it right. They've got the right guy, you know, calling the shots there at the top of the organization to do that. And he's a guy who's not afraid. And also, you're in your grace period now with your yeah. fans. You, you won the title, so they got to be happy for a little while. Yeah, that's just it. You know, you look at this, you look at what, what happened, you look at the shape that they're in right now, and and it's not positive, right? You lose you lose Kawhi, you lose Danny Green, now you're kind of left with, with what you've got. You may have to flip some of these guys. But big picture, looking back, they have to look at the Kawhi trade, and even though they only had him for a year, They've got to be thinking it was worth it. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you won the title. That's really all that all that matters. You were you were close for several years running. Yep. Your general general manager made the big all in move, and you won the title. If it doesn't work, maybe you come back and you right. could grumble grumble a little bit today. But uh, yeah, but it worked. You you won the championship. You can't be mad. This is that's exactly. I wish more teams would take that approach of. We're right there. Let's go get this done. Right. Let's go, you know, get a win. And that's, you know, so good Good on them for, for being there. I think, um, you know, this is a team that is, you know, they're going to look, you know, uh, different, probably worse, but it won't be for very long. Right. Yep. Uh, now, we're a team that, <laughs> that has <laughs> the right decision one. maker at the top to a team that, well, doesn't really have a decision maker yes, at the top. We're, we're wrapping up with the Washington Wizards, who um, you know, saw John Wall walking around yesterday at, at Summer League. He was there there hanging out. Um, didn't look to be limping or anything like that, but we know he's probably not playing anytime soon. Yep. And uh, and so his contract is going to be on the books for the Washington Wizards. They they made a few moves here, added a few pieces, obviously made that, that trade with the, with the Lakers to add uh, Mo Wagner and, and Isaac Bonga. And, uh, and players like that. They added Isaiah Thomas as well, but there, there's only so much that the Wizards can do given the spot that they're in right now. Yeah, they didn't have a ton of flexibility to do very much because they were they were capped out. They were right around the luxury tax as well. But, you know, I think all of that considered, they made some nice pickups. Ish Smith is probably mm-hmm. going to be their starting point guard, I would guess, until Wall is back, unless Isaiah Thomas really comes back and is, you know, what he was at one point in time or something resembling that. And then you got to back up the Brinks truck. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> then then you got to pay the guy um, in a year. But, you know, Ish Smith. That's going to be, you know, he's just continues to be a good player. Uh, Thomas Bryant, they re-signed him, one of yep. the restricted guys. I think he's a lapel player is a lot better than a lot of people think. He shot, uh, led the league in field goal percentage, and he also shot about 33% or so from three on uh, 90 attempts. So not a not a Tom, but not a but you know, ridiculously it. small sample size. So, you know, pretty good. I like the Davis Bertans pickup. They, they got him really for nothing. They just jumped in to help get Marcus Morris to the Spurs. Right. So they pick up Bertans, you know, for nothing there. They traded Dwight. Howard for CJ Miles. CJ Miles could actually help them. He's a guy who can play as part of their rotation. So all around, I think the Wizards did some nice stuff. It's all moves around the edges, and right. you know, a lot's going to depend on Bradley Beal kind of continuing his ascendancy in a superstardom. Uh, but if he can do that, you know, the Wizards are going to be okay. And then, as if as you've I'm sure seen, it feels like half of the Japanese media is here in in yeah. Los Angeles yeah. or Las Vegas rather. Because of Rui Hachimura, so they are super excited for the first Japanese-born um, uh, player there. Um, you know, or the not, if not the first, but he's the most recent, I should say, because there was a couple other guys who made runs at it. But you know, he's a guy who I think he's going to have some struggles his first year as a rookie. You know, mm-hmm. he's just that—that's what happens. But you know, I think he can be a nice player for them as well. So I think all around the Wizards are. Uh, it's not going to be great, and it's going to take a little while. But I think they they did okay here. I think they, you know, this is kind of making the make uh, make make uh, lemonade out of lemons. Yeah, I mean, look, they they did fine with what they with what they had to uh, in front of them. They were able to make some minor moves, and sometimes eventually those minor moves can be be parlayed into something bigger. Yep. you can turn it into something better down the road. So uh, nothing that that really jumps out as as a terrible move or anything like that. And I think we know they like Mo Wagner a lot. Last year at the draft, um, so they get to pretty much get a free look at him. Isaac Bonga still has uh, some talent there to, that they can look at, and uh, and Jamario Jones actually was a pleasant surprise for the Lakers last season. So maybe they'll find something there. But all in all, not bad for the Wizards. I guess big most pressing question here, though, stemming from the Washington Wizards, 
Is Dwight Howard in the NBA next season? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. You know, he's going to get waived by the Grizzlies now after they, they pick him up. They, they've already uh, kind of said that. I don't they don't know if that one has gone. I think the trade's gone official, but I don't think they've waived him yet. Right. Yeah, it's it's – I don't know. It probably depends if he's healthy enough to play. Um, and a team says, well, you know, we can bring him in. At this point, he's probably more of a backup or, you know, he's that starter that plays, you know, the first five minutes each half kind of thing it's um you know it was interesting i saw a lot of people when the trade was broke saying things like this is a guy who's gonna who maybe had the weirdest hall of fame uh yeah, career man. ever which you know and then of course anytime you say that people are he's not a hall of famer well multiple time uh, defensive player of the year was one of the you know the best big man in the game for, for probably about a five six year stretch there so yeah i do think he is probably a hall of famer but it just never went Right for him after he left Orlando. No, you know it. Uh, th- things just didn't work out the way I think he hoped they would, and and it just got to be very very messy there for a while. So I think it is. Uh, you know, well we'll see what happens with Dwight. It's um, you know, one one of those things. I'm just not sure he's fit to be an NBA contributor anymore, especially not on anything resembling a good team. His game just never really evolved to, no. to meet the, the modern NBA. Never. He yeah. he always relied on his athleticism and strength so much. Now that that's waned a little bit. He's not. He doesn't have the skill really to, to back it up. He's not a guy who can step out and shoot at all. No. Nope. So that's. Um, and he's not even one of those bigs who wear like, like a canter type, right. where you throw him against the second unit, and you can dump the ball inside, and he's going to go get right. your buckets. He can't even do that because he's never developed any kind of post game. He's just, you know, at this point, it's it's exactly what it is. It's like he was, you know, if he could still be an athletic energy big for a team, but I don't think he can bring that for anything, you know, any kind of sustained period of time in the league. No. So going to be interesting to see what happens to him if he still is in the NBA this next season a little bit uh, bewildering that we're at this point now knowing the career that he's had but here we are wondering if Dwight Howard can even continue playing in the NBA we'll see I still think somebody might take a chance on him at some point but yeah and he might be a guy who's best to sit out for a couple months see if there's an injury or something then catch on with a team you know he, he if he does that I wouldn't be surprised if we get the whole like you know, uh, Dwight Howard, look at this tape. You know, he's in the gym, best shape of his yep. real life. He's feeling good. He's ready to play. And then, you know, and then we hear, you know, some team signed him for a, you know, 10-day contract and, you know, tries him out. And then we're like, oh, really? Wow, yeah, he looked good in the empty gym. But here we are. We'll, we'll see what it looks like. But, yeah. Hey, man, we did it. Hey, East. We made it. Done. We made it through the Eastern Ooh. Conference. Guys, thanks, everybody, for, for listening. Uh, don't forget, head over to um, – to our sponsor, of course, betonline.ag. Again, clnsmedia.com slash nbafo. That's where you can find them. And punch in that promo code CLNS50. That wraps things up for today. Keith, any final thoughts? No, yeah, wild. We you, we got, obviously, some big ones to talk about in the West. Yes. Um, we, got a, we got a lot going on out there, especially as we get into – to the Clippers and then the Lakers. We we spent a lot of time on the AD trade already, but now we know all the other pieces for the most part, at least around that. So yeah, it was uh, it w- it was crazy. This was um from really what July or June 29th when we started really Kemba Walker's deal is done, and that was kind of the first one, and then uh, they all started. Sp- piling in from there and it's just been absolutely crazy for the last you know i don't what week and week or so and it's just you know it's gonna finally slowing down a little bit i'm able to get caught back up some and get some of the salary updates in and things like that so definitely going to be you know wild uh you know league is as wide open as i think it has been in any number of times so super excited for that um you can find me on twitter at keith smith nba a lot of salary stuff going on there that'll start slowing down just a little bit but we'll pick 
back up some as the deals come official and we know what all the the uh, deal terms are and those kind of things. But yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. And of course, make sure you guys go ahead and find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. And uh, yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening. And we'll be back next time with the Western Conference. We'll be breaking down all the moves they made. Till then, see ya.